Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus news. I have categorized them into rewilding and drawdown. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. All right, let's dig into it. The first category of rewilding, I've got a few here. This first one is out of kdvr.com. Endangered amphibian species reintroduced in Colorado. The Denver Zoo and Colorado Parks and Wildlife released nearly 600 boreal toad tadpoles into a remote area of the Gunnison National Forest in hopes of increasing the population of the endangered species in the state. The project began late last year when teams from both the zoo and CPW set up 95 adult toads from CPW's Native Aquatic Species Restoration Facility in Alamosa for breeding. This was the result of a tremendous amount of hard work and planning by our partners at Colorado Parks and Wildlife and members of our animal care and field conservation teams. Senior Vice President for Conservation, Engagement, and Impact at Denver Zoo, Erica Elvoy, said. Boreal toads face an extremely uncertain future in Colorado and have a good chance of going extinct without human intervention. We are committed to continuing this effort with CPW for many years to come and doing our part to make sure the species remains part of Colorado's ecosystem for future generations. The decline of the species is a tribute to a fungus that can infect thousands of amphibian species. The decline has been excessive over the past two decades, and officials estimate there may be as few as 800 wild adult boreal toads left in the state. This isn't the first endangered amphibian species the Denver Zoo has worked to conserve. It became the first zoo in the northern hemisphere to successfully breed critically endangered Lake Titicaca frogs. The zoo also bred 600 boreal toads that were placed in Utah in 2019 and bred critically endangered Panamanian golden frogs. I love this story, and it uh, reminds me of our story um, in the Santa Monica Mountains with uh, those frogs that we did for conservation conversations as well. So check that episode out. All right, this next one is from openstates.org. AB2146, California's Pollinator Protection Act, has passed in the California State Assembly. AB2146 has passed, and this bill would prohibit, beginning on January 1, 2024, the sale, possession, or use of neonicotinoid pesticides as defined, except for use on an agricultural commodity as defined. The Assemblymember Rebecca Bauer-Kahn's bill would ban non-agricultural use of five pesticides that scientists and environmentalists believe kill bees, butterflies, and birds. Bauer-Kahn's bill would end the use of neonicotinoid pesticides on lawns, gardens, and golf courses, but continue to allow them at agricultural sites. Many people cultivate gardens hoping to improve pollinator populations without realizing that household pesticides can kill entire colonies, Bauer-Kahn said. So I hope that continues to go through the California legislature and uh, we can continue to protect our pollinators. This next story I really like. This is a ton of fun. Um, This is out of fizz.org. Study shows 2 million ancient and veteran trees in England, 10 times more than previously recorded. This is interesting because I did not know that there were such things as veteran trees, so I'm really excited to learn this. 
A new study has shown that there could be around eight to ten times as many ancient and veteran trees in England than currently recorded, with estimates ranging from 1.7 to 2.1 million, compared to the 115,000 currently on record. This new research builds upon work carried out by the Woodland Trust, the Ancient Tree Forum, and the Tree Register, which has currently mapped 180,000 trees. In this new study, published in Ecological Applications, experts from the School of Life Sciences at the university teamed up with Woodland Trust to develop the first robust nationwide estimate of ancient and veteran trees in England. An ancient tree is a tree that shows exceptional age in relation to other trees of the same species. Most ancient and veteran trees display similar features, such as hollowing trunks, dead wood in the canopy, or presence of other organisms, such as fungi or plants on its structure. They may also have irreplaceable historical or cultural value. Veteran trees share similar features and values to ancient trees, but they may not be old enough to be considered truly ancient for their species. Using the Woodland Trust's Ancient Tree Inventory, ATI, the team created a number of different mathematical models called species distribution models. Models used a variety of environmental, human, and historical characteristics to predict the true distribution of ancient and veteran tree distribution across England. The aim of the ATI is to identify and map the oldest trees in the UK and was started in 2004. Anyone can re record a tree online at ati.woodlandtrust.org.uk with each entry then verified by experts. Next article is actually also from the UK. This is out of theguardian.com. Uh, officially extinct butterfly is making a comeback in the UK. An elusive butterfly that has been officially extinct in Britain for more than half a century has been discovered breeding on the rewilded estate of Nep in West Sussex. The large tortoiseshell mysteriously vanished more than 50 years ago, but this week, male and female butterflies, much larger than the small tortoiseshell and without its white patterning, have been spotted at Nep for the first time. Neil Hulme and Matthew Oates, the lepidopterists who made the discovery, have also found signs of its caterpillars consuming leaves of witch elm in the rewilded farmland earlier this spring. This butterfly is still officially extinct, but the evidence suggests it's making a comeback, said Oates. This is a scrubland species, and historically and culturally we've hated the word scrub and done all we can to eliminate it in the countryside, but there is ideal scrub for it at NEP. In the category of drawdown, uh, we've got a couple here, both are really phenomenal. First one's out of the LA Times. Newsom signs nation's most sweeping law to phase out single-use plastics. Striking a blow against a pernicious form of pollution, Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law the nation's most far-reaching restrictions on single-use plastics and packaging. The legislation heads off a November ballot measure that many lawmakers and plastic industry hoped to, in, to avoid and it puts California at the forefront of national efforts to eliminate polystyrene and other plastics that litter the environment, degrade into toxic particles, and increasingly inhabit human blood, tissues, and organs. Our kids deserve a future free of plastic waste and all its dangerous impacts, said the governor in a statement. Everything from clogging our oceans to killing animals, contaminating the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the food we eat. No more. 
With this legislation, California continues its tradition of, of global environmental leadership, he added. The new law, he said, would grow markets, create incentives for investment, and give tools to other states and countries to help play their part in this fight. And then on the other side of the country, coming from electric.co, Rhode Island sets fastest timeline of any U.S. state to reach 100% renewable electricity. Governor Daniel McKee has now signed historic legislation into law that will require all of the state's electricity to be offset by renewable energy by 2033. It's the most aggressive renewable energy standard among any U.S. state. Representative Deborah Ruggiero said, This bill supports renewable energy growth and is consistent with the Act on Climate's goal of reducing carbon emissions by net zero by 2050. In addition to reducing emissions and our reliance on fossil fuels that must be brought to Rhode Island from other places, creating renewable energy supports the green industry, creating thousands of good-paying jobs right here in Rhode Island. We've seen a 74% increase in green jobs since 2014, and that trend is going to continue as we deepen our commitment to renewables. I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and um, I really look forward to sharing more in the future. Thank you.